You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to uh, Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you once again for another great show. Hey, all around Australia uh, is where we've been to and wherever you are right now, it is so good to uh, have you with us. Des, great to have you with us. Uh, my friend, my sidekick, how are you? I'm really good, man. I just, uh, as always, I say I love doing this and it's, it's just so great to build so many people's lives and and make, yeah. it, make a small difference. And, and we get some amazing feedback from you know, some of the stations all around Australia uh, uh, about you know the impact that we have on people's lives. And yeah, you know, we're humbled by that. But yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, and look, if this show has impacted you in a really positive way, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can do that at MomentumAustralia.org. Just give us a few lines about what uh, a show or uh, either the show in general means to you. Uh, you can also check out previous episodes of the show. And look, we are a not-for-profit organization. If you'd like to financially support us in whatever way that looks like for you, any dollars and cents to keeping Momentum on air around Australia would be greatly, greatly received. MomentumAustralia.org. Essentially, you're sowing into men's lives being changed because that's why we exist at Momentum to help you on your journey of life and do that just a little bit better. And last week, we spoke to an incredible man who um, uh, gave us some idea around this sense of coaching and, and how that can help you. He's a coach himself, but he's also a business owner. He employs 350 staff all around Australia. But his real passion is to unlock people from their limiting beliefs, stop them that becoming uh, all that God has intended them to be. And so we're going to welcome back to the show this week, our incredible guest, Alex Zipala. Alex, thank you so much for coming back on Momentum, mate. Welcome back. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Des. As always, Pleasure. good being back in the room. And I've got a new name for you guys, the Dynamic Duo. <laughs> oh, the Dynamic <laughs> Duo. There you go. <laughs> Keep it up, ladies. You're doing an awesome job. Well done. Is that not a movie or something? I don't know, but you don't need a cape. You don't need a cape, Des. Oh, good. Oh, that's a good thing. I probably need a, I need a hood more than a cape. <laughs> I was going to say, or hair, in which case Des and I, we'd really be stuck. But yeah, exactly. um, look, in all seriousness, Alex, um, thank you for your input on the idea of coaching last week and you know, just some of those limiting beliefs, that the handbrake moments that are stopping us from moving forward as men. And look, we talked about last week, one of the things that can hold us back is fear. And in coaching terms, we call this, you know, fear and the terror barrier. And so we're going to launch into that this week and, and explore what the terror barrier is, because there might be some guys listening right now who go, oh, I kind of have heard of that, not really sure. There might be one or two who've done some work in that area and know exactly what that is. And there might be guys listening who go, I have no idea. You've just spoken a foreign language for the last 10 seconds. So start us off by explaining what exactly is the terror barrier. Look, the terror barrier is that point in time where you want to change something in your life or there's a new idea that comes in that you want to do something different or to be something. And you get these thoughts about how am I going to do that? And because you don't know how you're going to do it, you this, this thing conjures up in your mind and it's called fear. Now, fear is a powerful emotion it's a powerful mm. emotional state and we know that and it affects both our mind and our physicality now fear was given to us as a uh, autonomic response shall we call it and it's a response that happens in our brain without us thinking about it and it's a response that helps to keep us alive especially when we're in a situation where we are either in real danger like say for instance 
but there's a shark in the water and you're in the water swimming or, you know, everyone can start walking on water real fast when they see a shark. (laughs) (laughs) right? But fear is there to keep us right. So what happens is there's this physical response that happens within us and it's created, it's started in our brain and it works all the way down to the kidneys and the adrenal gland and our body excretes uh, adrenaline. Now, adrenaline creates this magnificent response in our body to to prepare us to either fight, flight, or freeze. Mm. Now, there are six responses, but stick with three. So what, what happens is the adrenal system then pumps all of our blood into our extremities to prepare us to flight or fight. Mm. And so it takes the blood away from our brain and we start getting these things called tunnel vision. We get tunnel sensors, it's called. So our eyes go into tunnel vision. Our ears go into focused listening to just the thing that we're scared of or what's created this fear response. Now, the problem with that is that we don't hear anything else except for or see anything else except for that thing that's created fear. Now, our heartbeat starts to rise, our breath goes really shallow and fast, we start to sweat, we feel dizzy, we feel frozen on the spot, you you know, our mouth goes dry, you get tense muscles, and and your heart rate goes out of this world, okay? Now, we've all felt that. We've all felt that. Now, how do we deal with that? The first thing is that we need to realise in dealing with that fear response. And, I, and I'm telling you, let me give you a bit of background because if we don't get this fear response, fear response is what creates the terror barrier. And if we don't understand that the fear is something that happens in us, it's an automatic system to help keep us safe. Hmm. If we don't get that, we, we get even more um, stressed and anxious about what's happening because we don't understand all of these different physiological responses that we're having and how they're creating a limited psychological response. I need you to know, I need you to understand that this fear is normal. It's normal response. It's alerting you to danger. It's keeping you from danger. It's preparing you to respond in whatever way. Now, this response, it happens whether it's real or it's imaginary. Mm. Now, the imaginary part will come in when, for instance, you get called up to go and give a speech. Now, you two are accomplished um, speakers, so I I dare say you've got this under control. But for most people, speaking in public is probably one of the most fearful things. In fact, I remember a statistic some time ago, it spoke about that people at a funeral, most people would rather be in the box than talk about the person who was in the box. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that's how fear and anxiety can take over our life, which then creates limitations. And I know we touched on limiting beliefs last week. This is another one of those limitations that we create through that fear and anxious response. So we need to then look at what are some of the most common fears that hold people back that create these terror barriers? Obviously, there's a fear of loss of life or loss of limb or uh, the bodily fear of harm of being injured. But the more insidious fears, I believe, are the fears of criticism Mm. or the fears of judgment that's projected towards us when we want to do something. Mm. Because, you know, deep down inside, you know, 
and, and I've spoken to and I've coached a lot of people in the past 12, 15 years now, we all want to be liked. So when we get judged, it gets uncomfortable because we feel we're not liked. Our ego gets dented. We go into a dissonance between what our picture of ourself is and this new stark confrontation that, that, that says, well, no, you're not quite like that. So our brain is going into this, oh, okay, so if I'm not like that, what am I? Do I believe what he's saying about me or she's saying about me or do I still maintain the picture of who I say I am? And that's so so important. I mean, I have yeah, you know, and could quote a number of people who are very successful in business, but they have you know a total fear of somebody saying something negative, right? You know, because they their insecurities is crazy. Yep. Mm. But we learned that that's our ego. Yeah. And our ego yeah. is controlling us. Now, you know, and it's a great point, is because you know some people have a perspective that they're actually not going to be seen as perfect or they're not going to be liked. And, you know, social media is fantastic as it is, but it's rife with this. Of course. Hmm. These guys fear being criticised and so they create a pretend life to try and compensate for this perfection. That's fear in action. Hmm. Then there's the other insidious fear and that's the fear of failure. So if you fear failing, what it actually really means is that you're fearing the risk or the impact associated with failing and possibly what you're really saying is that you fear success. Yeah. Because you're not willing to take the risk that's necessary to move beyond where you are right now and where you are right now is in your little comfort zone. You're in a little bubble. You're in this spot where... You know, you you everything's good. It's warm. It's fuzzy. It's it's nice. And you know, it's day to day. It's normal routine. And I'm not going to do anything more because it might stretch me. So fear. I need I need everyone to really get a hold of this. Fear isn't a sign that you don't that you don't actually have what you, what it takes to succeed. Everyone feels some amount of fear. Every man out there and woman out there has felt fear in some form or another. And every time you challenge yourself or you are challenged in in an unfamiliar area or you've got unfamiliar circumstances come up around you where you're not sure how to or what the outcome may be, fear kicks in Hmm. because it's keeping your ego safe. Hmm. Right? Now, the difference between people who actually move through it and get through and kick down this terror barrier are people that don't let their fear stop them from pursuing what their dreams are. Mm. They feel the fear and they take action, knowing that if they don't give up, eventually they'll achieve their goals and make their dreams come true. And that's exactly the kind of mindset that we encourage all of our clients to cultivate. Then we look at some of the other fears that can really hold us back And these are the really deeply patterned subconscious fears that are based on our self-esteem or our self-worth issues. Now, these can be planted in us at a very, very early age. You know, you're, who who do you think you are? 
or you're not good enough or you're stupid or whatever it is the words are saying that are not uplifting and edifying as we're called to be, as the Bible tells us to be, is to edify. If you can't edify someone, then shut up. There are those that create a pattern in our minds at a very young age. And it's those fears oftentimes that actually show up in a way which is totally contrary to the type of fear. For example, let me let me give you an example. Perfectionism or brashness or even arrogance. So fear is masked as either arrogance or brashness where you then take overt risks and you make dumb decisions. Mm. And all of these can be based on subconscious fears of actually not being enough or of not measuring up or of not being worthy. So to really try and simplify what I've just said, what we can look at is that fear really is your ego's attempt to hold on to your current reality and because that's where it feels comfortable. And it's your ego's attempt to remain comfortable. It doesn't want to change because it doesn't understand that change might be better and it doesn't want to take the risk to move forward. And so anytime the change is presented to you, like an opportunity to grow and to develop, your ego will feel fearful. Now, when you guys first invited me to join you on this podcast, fear, boom, straight away geez, what am I going to say? How am I going to do it? But then I learned to channel that fear. I'll use the word channel. I learned to use that fear to empower me to make what I say a little bit more user-friendly, usable for people to, to do. So I'm taking this opportunity to step through the fear barrier so that I can speak to you and to speak to your audience that, that everybody goes through fear. Mm-hmm. And there are there are opportunities to change and grow, and when they come, that you need to step into it. So no matter what level you are on right now, no matter where you are in your life right now, if you are going to change anything and grow and to reach your next level, then you need to have an understanding that you will have resistance in your life. Mm. Your ego is going to create that resistance. Right. Because it doesn't know what it looks like yet. Alex, one of the things you, you started off by saying, and I thought it was really interesting, was we need to change our relationship with fear, right? And I think that was, for me, a, a huge standout to go, oh, that's interesting. And so let's take a short break and then come back and let's guide people through that and go, when when they feel that discomfort, when the ego gets in the way and go, hold on a second, <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you trying to do? Let's take people through a scenario in the second half of the show and go, this is how we can have a different relationship with fear and not let the fear stop us from reaching out and trying something different. Our special guest on Momentum is Alex Cipala. We're talking about the terror barrier. We're going to bust through the terror barrier in the second half of the show. Stay tuned for that in just a tick. Well, all around Australia, this is Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you. And our special guest again this week is Alex Sipala. And we are busting through the terror barrier today. What does that mean? What is the terror barrier? Well, Alex gave us a definition of the terror barrier. Uh, Google says, by the way, the terror barrier is the feeling of fear and anxiety you experience when you're about to push past your comfort zone in a major way. 
And so, Alex, you talked about this relationship that we have with fear. Most of us, it's it's there to, to help keep us alive and it's, it can be a good thing, but it can also stop us from actually stepping through these things that make us feel uncomfortable or challenge our ego or make us feel unsafe or whatever it may be. And so, you talked about changing this relationship with fear. So, for men listening right now who can identify that, I mean, let's be honest, we all have that at times. Other things, things in our life will trigger us to stop us and hold us back and, oh, I don't uh, feel uncomfortable doing that. I'm just going to stay in my comfort zone. So how do we start challenging this relationship with fear? And then what does it mean to actually push through the terror barrier? Describe what that process looks like. So fear is your attempt. If we look at it, if we look at fear being your ego's attempt to hold on to your current status quo. What, what is what is now your comfort zone, as you spoke about, as Google tells us as well? It's about it's fear is holding us comfortable, like being in a warm bath, okay? So fear, is, and it's a great place to be in a warm bath or under a warm blanket somewhere in a cold <laughs> day or in front of a warm yeah. fire, but you don't want to stay there all your life because yeah. eventually even the water's going to go cold, right? Right. So... On the flip side, what's on the flip side of fear is courage. Courage is your heart's attempt to actually um, or your heart's attempt or your desire to open up and become more expansive. So fear is in our head. It's driven by ego. It's your personality that actually wants to hold on to your current identity. A lot of this is all based back on identity, who we've told ourselves we are to be or we are right now. So what has worked for you up until now and who you think you are? And you want to hold that. You're trying to hang on to that. You don't want to, you, you, your ego is saying, don't, don't move because you'll lose it. And that creates fear. So in effect, when we look at fear, we need to understand that fear is a, it creates a stress response. So the first thing we need to do is have an awareness of that stress response. Because when we find ourselves in that stress response, and this is why the military and police and all these other people train under fire, I'll use the term under fire, because your adrenaline is pumping, your heartbeat is through the roof, you're, 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 you're experiencing all your narrowing, narrowing of your visual and your hearing. You're experiencing all of that and you're understanding. Now, the more you do that, the better you can respond from that. Mm. Okay? But the first time you experience that fear scenario, you, you, you don't know what to do because you, all these physiological and psychological changes are happening and you can't control them, you think, but you can so our first step in dealing with these things is understanding or having an awareness of what it is that's actually causing us fear. Once we have that awareness, we can then create a way to identify the fear, remove it from us, so we de-identify from that fear. It's no longer who we are, and we then start taking micro steps towards it. Let me give you an example. I had a fear of heights. I went parachuting. Wow. Okay. To deal with those heights specifically. And, but you know what? When I went parachuting, they didn't strap a chute to, and this was in 1984, they didn't strap a chute to your back and throw you out of a plane. They went through what we talk about here, taking micro steps, doing micro goals toward that which you fear the most. Hmm. So, 
that we would learn. We learned about the parachute, how it would open, but then we also learned that um, uh, we learned to jump from a, a box. Then we learned to jump from a table, which was 80 centimetres high. Then we learned to jump from a 44-gallon drum. Now, why did we learn to jump from 44-gallon drum? Because landing from the 44-gallon drum onto the ground was the same impact as it would be from parachuting under a full canopy chute. Hmm. So we took micro steps doing jumps. Next jump was out of the plane. And it's the same way that we deal with fear where we identify what the fear is and we look at it and say, okay, well, I'm no longer that I, I get I get, you know, and I, I I get that I have a fear of heights. Here's my fear of heights. But you're not me. You're you're a fear of heights, but I'm not going to allow you to affect me any longer. Sure, I'm still scared of heights, but I don't fear them the way I used to. And I'll, I'll I'll explore that a little bit further in a minute. The reality is that the heights, what is it that's causing the fear of being at heights? Mm. What do you what do you guys think it is that actually causes that fear? Being out of control. Yeah. Great. Yeah, fear of breaking your leg. Breaking your leg? Yeah. Fantastic. That it's you know, <laughs> so it's actually not the fear of the heights, it's a landing that's a problem. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Or the, or the falling, yeah. If you're up a height, fall. I've got a journey that's going to be that's going to be painful when I land. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and, and and that's exactly it. So, we is the height the problem? It's not, is it? No. <laughs> it's it's the landing. So, what have we done? We've taken micro steps to work on the landing. Yes. And parachuting went from box to table to forty-four gallon drum. Oh, I can land. So if the 44-gallon drum heights to land on the ground is the same impact of a parachute, then what am I scared of? Yeah. Hmm. Deal with the fear. And so we work on creating micro steps once we've identified the fear. And it's one of those things you want to do, and this is something that a coach can help you um, to, to look at and, and create those micro steps, not only create them with you, but also to hold you accountable as you go through them. Right. Yeah. Because what what we what we do when we've got a fear about something, we create a meaning around it, and that meaning then creates a paradigm. It creates a limiting belief as to fear. So the fear of heights to me was, um, I, I don't want to get too close to the edge because I might fall off. Now, if I get too close to the edge, am I going to go across a trapeze uh, suspended between two buildings in in the middle of the city? No. I haven't conquered the fear of heights quite that much yet, right? <laughs> and not nor do I need to or want to, but others have. So that that fear is always there, but it didn't stop me from going parachuting. Yeah, the standing on the edge of a building and looking over it, the fear is that physiological response to say, "Don't go much further because you haven't got a parachute on." And you haven't been taught to base jump and you'd want to step back just in case the wind changes. So that fear is now holding me safe as opposed to limiting me moving forward. Hmm. Do you see the, the yeah. differences? Yeah. So, Alex, for men listening then, right, and you, you said it's about identifying the fear and bringing awareness around the fear. Um, obviously, every situation, every person listening right now has a fear and we can't cover all scenarios. 
But you know, how do we how do we even as men say it's we take on a new job or we you know something like that or we're about to become a father for the first time we have these fears how do we ourselves without the help of a coach or someone around us identify what is actually happening for us that we can identify the fear in the first place so that we can move forward from there what's the steps to identifying the fear first of all is awareness awareness is a key aspect and because you know, and you can question yourself. You're in a you're in a fearful state. You say, "Hang on a sec, what's happening?" And you start to question yourself. You say, "Why am I responding this way?" Oh, hang on a sec. I recall physiologically we're wired to respond this way, both hmm. psychologically and physiologically. This is okay. Now I'm sensing the adrenaline, so it's a bit self awareness. What is it that I'm feeling right now? Why am I feeling it? Um, I'm feeling it because I'm detecting something's not quite right or I don't know how to be a dad. I've never been a dad before and the model of father that I had wasn't the right model, isn't isn't a good model. I don't want to be that. Mm. I know what I don't want to do, but this is, I don't know what to be. And so you, you get all fearful about it. So the first part is the awareness of what's happening because once we're aware of the physiological responses that are occurring within us, there's one thing we can do, and that this is something we used to teach when we were diving. I was a scuba instructor as well through throughout my life. And one of the things we used to teach is a an acronym, which is well, it's not an acronym. Sorry, it's a saying. It's stop, breathe, think, then act. One of the key things when you're scuba diving is that because you're breathing compressed air, you you want to keep breathing and you keep the breath flowing constantly. But what happens is that sometimes when we get fearful or we're in a shock situation, we can actually take a breath and hold it. Mm. Now, as a scuba diver, if you're holding your breath and anyone out there that certifies a scuba diver or anyone who understands biomechanics and physics, what happens is you start floating up. Now, as you start floating up, the pressure around you starts to to reduce, which means your lungs start to expand because you haven't breathed out yet and you're breathing compressed air. So another another two or three metres before you know it, you may end up having a what's called a pneumothorax. So you might pop a lung. Wow. And so there's a real life danger to not breathing. So we have this stop, breathe, think, then act. Now, you think about this. If you're in a stressful situation, One of the things that we do physiologically, again, is we hold our breath. So if you can remember just to breathe and breathe, just count, just remember the number four. I don't care what number it is, to be honest with you. Anything better than three is fantastic. (laughs) But if you breathe in for a count of what's called what three and you breathe out for a count of four, you're moving air through your system. Mm. Just that breathing and that holding breath for a couple of seconds and pushing it back out again is oxygenating your blood and increasing the circulation back to your brain, which then starts to um, open up all of the narrowed vision and narrowed hearing, and it starts bringing you back to a cognitive base where you can actually make a decision. Mm. Wow. So stop, breathe, think, and act. Who thought breath was so important? eh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, just that lung full of air, how good that can yeah. be. So these are the these are the things that we can do is but we can only do that if we've got an awareness of what's yes. happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. So awareness is a critical space. So if any if nothing else, if you don't remember anything else, 
If you just remember these, these words, stop, breathe, think and act, you will move through that changing that physiological response to where you can be more cognitive about the decisions you're about to make, hmm. whether you fight, flight or, 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 or carry on and do whatever you've got to do. Uh, but your options open up as your brain starts to get um, blood back in it. Wow. Simple stuff. So awareness is the first step. Once we've identified, we're, we're aware of it, we're, we're in that physiological state, we then change, we change that, we change our own biochemistry just by doing that. As we increase awareness, then we go, what am I fearful of? What is it that's causing this? And we start asking ourselves those questions. And once we've identified what that fear is, then ask yourself the hard question, why? Hmm. Why am I fearful of this? And, and when did this start? Because you'll find that a lot of fears, unfortunately, that we have as we grow as adults were given to us by well-meaning parents. Mm. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we got, we got don'ted all our lives <laughs> right? constantly, and it's created all of these fear responses within us because it's created, again, these limiting beliefs centered around what we can and can't do. So mm. once we understand what we're fearful of, and, and I think someone once told me, and I'm, I, again, I'm not a theologian, uh, but I, I believe that do not fear is like, you know, 365 times in the Bible. Uh, I think there's one for every day. So mm. uh, Jesus was pretty adamant about that, do not fear. Mm. Now, he's saying, yes, you've got a physiological response, but but you don't have to hang in that all your life. Yeah. Understand it. Have the awareness. What are you scared of? How can I move forward in it? Now, in your example about being a father, not, not you know, first-time dad and all the rest of it, Okay, so how do I learn to be a dad? Well, let me get around other dads. Hmm. Let me see who's modelling the dad that I want to be. And you you look at those and you start talking to them and, you know, you, you build that community around you of other dads that have that have walked it and they understand it and they know that, you know, it, it's not always about, you know, um, smelling, uh, smelling roses and, <laughs> and chocolates all the time. There's, there's Sometimes there's brown smelly stuff in amongst it as well. And how do you deal with that, you know? It's, mm. So it's, it's then by doing that, that gives you then options on how to deal with that, yeah. that particular fear. Because yeah. if you remember right back at the start, I spoke to you about that the ego is holding you back from progressing and growing. And because you don't know how to be a dad yet, you haven't been there and done that, fear kicks in. Hmm. But I can tell you, as a dad now six times over, after the second time, I, I understood it a little more. Hmm. The third time, a little bit more. By the fourth, fifth, and sixth, it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. just, you know, I had it nailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but 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 it's it, it's those sorts of things, but you get around people that can help you then identify. And, and it's not always a coach or other things, but... You can do this yourself, but you've got to ask yourself the hard questions. Yeah. Don't say, oh, no, I'm not scared of anything because we know that that's, that's not true. We're all fearful of something. Hmm. It's how we deal with that fear and we push through it. What's the difference, do you think, between a, a Christian coach and a non-Christian coach, somebody who doesn't have faith? Great question, Des. Goodness me. Um, for me... Well, okay, the Christian coach is – coaching really is about 
the character of the person that's coming into the coaching, the character of the coach. And that character, as we know, is formed by our beliefs and it's formed by the things that that we hold true in our life. And a Christian coach is someone that comes in with a belief system that is aligned to us, um, that is 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 um, believes what we believe, but has an ability to help you to tie in what you are dealing with right now and actually reference back to the Bible to say, well, just as I just said, Jesus said, do not fear. Mm. Yeah. Now I can't. I'm not a scripture and verse person. I I, I understand the sentiment of what's being said, and I recall yeah. those things. And 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 someone said, you know, the "Do not fear" appears 365 times in the Bible. Well, you know, uh, I believe that to be true mm. because every day we're going to be confronted with things. Yes, and we've got to have something we've founded ourselves on. Mm. So a Christian coach is someone that's going to help you grow in your faith and reconnect with your faith and reconnect with the father of all things. That's what we want to do. Yes. Um, and and to align you to the purpose that God has built, has has inbuilt in you, and to help you deal with the faith or the fears that are holding you back from actually achieving it. Great. Hmm. I've had them. I haven't dealt with all of them. I'm still dealing with them. And I'll continue. That's why I'm still coached. That's why hmm. after 15 years I'll continue to be coached. You know, one of my mentors, Les Brown, he's 76 years old. Yeah. This bloke has won the golden gavel and all these other things, were, you know, for speaking. He's still got a coach at 75. Mm. I mean, what are you going to – can you imagine if as a 40-year-old you're in there talking to Les Brown, you're coaching him? But it's not about being a better speaker. It's about coaching him into understanding all these different inflections and different things that he does to help him improve on, on his craft. Yeah. yeah. People at a high level continue to be coached. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, Alex, I, um, I mean, there's been so much in the last few weeks that we've spoken to you. I just want to encourage our listeners to go back and have a listen to this show and last week's show because there's been so much in there that is uh, an awareness piece, a starting point for men to to start this journey of perhaps uh, coaching or identifying limiting things in their lives that are holding them back. And as we've talked about today, today that the fear around moving forward, stepping out of, our, of our, out of our comfort zone and coming up against the terror barrier, how do we do that? So I just want to encourage you guys to go back to the podcast. You can find it online at momentumaustralia.org or if you put Momentum Australia into any of the uh, the major podca- podcast platforms, you, you'll find the shows yeah. from the last couple of weeks and encourage you just to have a have a re-listen, take a pen and paper if you need to and, uh, and start jotting some stuff down because there's a lot of stuff in the last few weeks. And Alex, we just want to thank you yes. uh, on behalf of Des and myself to, uh, to say thank you for what you've just bought for the last couple of weeks. There's some major keys in there to help men move forward. Who knows what we might get through in the next few months of texts and emails to say, hey, that, that was a life-changing moment for me when I heard Alex talk about that. So we just want to thank you, mate, for what you've sown. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. And, and just a scripture to finish off, if I can, to Timothy, funny enough, seven <laughs> said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, you know, we just hold on to that, man. And every time we, we're fearful, we go, hmm, okay, where's this coming from? Yes. yes. So I just want yes. to encourage you guys. You guys are doing an absolutely fantastic job with this podcast. And I just want to encourage every every one of you men that are out there that are listening in 
just to reach out to them because um, they'd love to hear your feedback as well, as we all do. We love to get a bit of appreciation and recognition for what we do. And these two, the dynamic duo, are doing an awesome <laughs> job. So keep it up. And um, I'll look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Absolutely. God bless you all. Yeah. Excellent. That's been Momentum this week, guys. So I look forward to you tuning in next week. In the meantime, please check out our website, MomentumAustralia.org. Give us some feedback. Maybe ask a question. Check out the previous episodes. And again, if you'd like to support us financially, that would be really appreciated. MomentumAustralia.org. And we'll catch you next week all around Australia on Momentum. Until then, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.